<laughs> you want your five-star matches? <laughs> you want your 30-minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> Good, ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. We're uh, we're gonna make this a, a little bit shorter than normal. The last few episodes have been like an hour long. Wednesdays was like thirty-five. I'm gonna keep this short, um, as I don't really have a lot to, to to really address. What we'll do on this is we'll we'll go over some some housekeeping stuff with the Slapping Meat brackets that I'm doing. And then I'm going to answer the question that's in the title. Where are we going from here? Where uh, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about this episode of SmackDown that that I'm recording after SmackDown ended. It's currently 10:13 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as I'm recording this. Literally just ended um, 13 minutes ago, and we're going to. To review this episode of SmackDown, and, and we're, we're going to talk about it, and I got some some things I got to say, some rants I got to say. But before we get there, um, we're going to talk about this this bracket that I'm doing. If for those who are newer to the podcast, who don't know what I'm doing, on all the Saturday shows, I'm doing what is called the Slapping Meat. Uh, brackets. We're doing the the ladies first because you know women always got to go first. And uh, it's thirty two former, current, and future WWE superstars. Um, so it's 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 f- uh, former stars from the Divas era, current stars, and then like NXT uh, wrestlers who are on their way up. Uh, thirty two of them, and. Uh, la- Last week, we declared Charlotte victor over Dana Brooke and Rhea Ripley victor over Cameron. This week's matchups that was being voted for was Becky Lynch versus Brie Bella and Bianca Belair versus Thea Hale. I'm going to tell you what the casual community voted, and then I'll give you sort of my breakdown of these matchups because I have four um, criteria, and then I have a, a point scale and whoever gets the most points is, is like the victor, right? So, um, we'll start with Brie versus Becky here. The community voted Becky Lynch, as I assumed would happen. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. <laughs> if you go back to 2014, 2015, we too deep. If you go back to, to me in 2014, 2015, I was the biggest fan of Brie Bella, man. I really was. Um, and so this, this, this matchup was hard for me to, to, to be objective in, in how I rated it because I'm not the biggest Becky Lynch fan. I honestly think the whole, the man gimmick that, that started her sort of push was sort of just blessed 
that she broke her nose and it happened by mistake. And I've, I'm a bigger Brie Bella fan. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, that doesn't mean that she's better. And that's why, I mean, you have to be objective. So what are my four criteria? Well, it's looks or attractiveness. How attractive are you to the eye? I think that's important. It's not the most important thing. In fact, I would rate it fourth on the list of importance of these four things. But I don't think it's offensive to say to to fans in a male-dominated um, fan base, right? The wrestling fandom is male-dominated. And so it, I don't think it's offensive to say when women are on screen... For, that we want good-looking women to, to, to entertain us. I don't think that that's... I mean, we have an entire industry in adult entertainment that is literally designed around adult males being entertained by attractive women. And, and so I don't necessarily think it's offensive, right, to... Because there's going to be some some nerd in the IWC who listens to this, who says, "Oh, you're you're being, uh, you're you're treating the women as objects by rating them on their looks." We do that with anything, though, right? The women definitely do it. The women fans, they definitely like, oh, I like Matt Riddle. I think he's attractive. Or, oh, Seth Rollins, this, that, and the other. Oh, you know, in, in the movie industry, Ryan Reynolds. Like, even males crush on Ryan Reynolds. We do that in every industry. And 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 some nerd's going to come in and, and and tell me, oh, you're, you're objectifying women. No. I think it's important, though, when you're rating especially the women superstars, the ones that tend to get more over tend to be a little bit more attractive to the eye because that's a marketing campaign. It's the reason why Carl's Jr. and Hardy's used to put attractive women in their commercials. It's the reason why beer commercials always have women in bikinis in them. It, it attracts the core audience of the product. Um, and so to, to put an attractive woman on a, a wrestling poster or a commercial, right, it, it gets someone over and, and it attracts people to, to the show. And so in that category, Brie Bella, I can be honest with you, I have a thing for, for Latin, Latin women, Latinas, can we call them that? Because some other nerd's going to come in and say, it's Latin X. The fuck it is. The fuck is that? I've never, right? Latinas, I have a thing for them, right? There's like four types of women that I have a thing for. Latin, Latinas, I'm, I'm sort of in that Vince McMahon category of like blondes. And then, <laughs> um, like, how do I say this? Uh, Eastern Asian, so like Ukrainian, Romanian, that technically would be Eastern Europe. So Eastern European, Ukrainian, Romanian, Russian, um, Latvian, Czech, those, those women. I don't know why, but I have a thing for their accent. And, and, and then 
Australian, New Zealand, Oceanic, the the continent of Oceania. Um, I have a thing for this, so someone like Rhea Ripley that she's literally mommy. Um, and so Brie Bella's an eight to me. She is. Um, has always been. I've always sort of had a, a crush on Brie Bella. And the fact that she fell for literally a troll gives me a little bit of hope that there's someone out there who would... <laughs> That's a joke. But uh, Becky Lynch, I'm going to have tied with her. I think Becky Lynch is... She's she's good looking. She is a looker. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I call her Becky Two Cheeks because of her... If her wrestling gear, if her singlet gets any smaller, she would she shouldn't even wear it at the, at that point, because everything's showing at the bottom, half the time when she's out there. Uh, but yeah, so they're both tied at eight right there. But that's about as far as they get tied. Let's go to promo ability. Brie Bella couldn't cut a promo. She gets a two. No one's bad enough to get a one. Just like in the looks category, no one's good enough. No one's hot enough to get a ten. There is not a ten on this planet. If there is a woman. On this planet that thinks they're a 10, they're fucking wrong. I'm just going to say it. There's no one who's perfect. Everyone has some sort of flaw. The highest you really can get on that scale is a 9. Um, and then in promo, there's no one bad enough to get a 1. Brie Bella couldn't cut a promo to save her life. She got a 2. But let's just be honest. Could Becky really cut a promo? I mean, her promos now is it's straight out of the training book uh, to train the new new hires. And she wheezes the whole time through it. She gets a four in my promo ability. We go to entering ability. Brie also wasn't good in the ring at all. Um, she was very, very green in the ring. Um, and Becky, so I'm going to give Brie a two there as well. And I'll give Becky, I'll give Becky a six. She just does, she, she, she does just enough to. Be like, yeah, she can she can handle herself. Um, I don't find her the best in the in the division, but she's definitely far from the worst in the division. And then overall marketability, I don't think you could put Brie Bella on a sign and someone would recognize her outside of maybe the Total Divas crowd. Um, I'm gonna give her a four here. Which gives her a total of um, 16 points. I'm going to give Becky a 7 in marketability. I think you put Becky Lynch on a poster. I don't think she's going to sell out the arena, but she's going to sell. I think she's over enough to, to sell tickets. And so she has a total of 25, which means Becky does move on in our tournament. We move over to the other matchup Bianca versus Thea Hale we move up to the to the looks here I, I, I I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Thea Hale's 19 years old I feel insanely inappropriate even trying to judge her looks because she's literally just graduated high school she's 19 years old so I feel almost like I should fucking call Chris Hansen and have him sit across from me even talking about her looks. And I'm going to give her a 7. But that's as far as I'm going to talk about Thea Hale's looks. I don't. E I didn't even want to rate her on that. But y you had, right? I just feel weird. Me, being, me turning 26 this year. And her being 19 years old. I get it. She's legal. 
but it's still like she's my little brother's age, and it just feels weird to me to be like, eh, she's seven years younger than me. I don't know. It it just feels weird to even think of her in that way. Um, Bianca though, Bianca's mommy. <laughs> um, and uh, she's an eight. Bianca is an eight all day long. I will fight Montez Ford for Bianca Belair. I'll lose, but I'll fight for it. <laughs> um, we then go to the promo ability. I'm not a huge fan of Bianca's promo, but I gave her a seven. She's good. I think she's decent on the mic, but I don't think she's better than Thea Hale. Thea Hale's promo ability for as young as she is, for her, you got to understand, Thea Hale's gimmick forces her promos to sound annoying, but she plays the gimmick well, and she sells it with her promos, and so to me, that means she's Right, like Roman Reigns' promo isn't necessarily the best and most intricate thing, but his his body language and the way he sells the character, to me, that's also part of the promo. 90% of speech in communication is nonverbal. Um, you'll learn that if you take any sort of like broadcasting class, that's what they sort of tell you, especially if you're like on the news or you're like a voice recorder, right? Like I could say like, yeah, that match was awesome. And the way I just said it, would you like, yeah, I'm not watching that fucking match. He didn't like it. But if I said, God damn, that match was fucking awesome, right? In the inflection of my voice, you would be like, oh, yeah, he liked that match. I'm going to go watch it. And so I think Thea Hale, as young as she is, I think she's a star in the making. I, I'm going to give her an eight in the promo uh, ability. So at this point, through two categories, they're tied. Um, but that's where they tie. Right, that's where that's the only place where they're sort of tied. In ring ability, Thea's not there yet, but she's 19 years old. She can get better. I'm giving her a six right now. She does just enough to to not look new, but she's super young, and there's still some things that she has to learn that comes with experience. And I can't really count that against her, but you also can't give her points for that. Bianca, however, is an athletic freak. She gets an eight in the in-ring ability. She can do things that I don't know if anyone else athletically can can accomplish what she can do athletically. Um, and she's just a monster. So, she, yeah, she's going to get an eight there. And then an overall marketability, Thea Hale's not selling to anybody. She'll sell to the kids. Um... And that's about as far as she goes. I don't think, though, a mainstream or even a casual fan base sees Thea Hale on a poster and says, I'm going to go watch the show. I'm giving her a four in, in marketability. Whereas Bianca, I think you put Bianca Belair on a poster, and I think she could draw enough interest out of people to go and watch. So I'll give her an eight there as well. Bianca has a total of 31 points. Thea Hale has a total of 25 points. Um, and so Becky and Bianca, just like in the community vote, does win my vote as well. So what are the next matchups we're voting on? So we're going to have Stacy Keebler versus Stephanie McMahon. And then we'll have Jacqueline versus Roxanne Perez. 
Um, this is a very interesting week. We got a lot of veterans plus Roxanne, right? So you got Stacy versus Stephanie, and then Jacqueline versus Roxanne. These are going to be interesting matchups for sure. Tune in next Saturday to figure out who I voted for and then who the community voted for. Um, but with that, let's talk about what we've all come here for. My rant on this episode of SmackDown. So SmackDown is a two-hour show. Now this two-hour show starts with the trial of Roman Reigns, which is okay. You could start with that. I would rather you finish with it. But okay, that's cool. You got people here. You're going to keep them here for, for a while with this. And I figured 10, 15, 20 minutes max this thing is going. And that's with commercials. No. It's 8.35 when this damn fucking thing ends. You're 35 minutes. You're, you're a fourth of the way through your show. Plus, then if you really re- go look about it, you get... You get about 45 minutes to start the show. So you're talking like a third of the show goes to the bloodline in this first segment. So so, so you're almost an hour into the show and you've done one thing. You've built the bloodline, which... has been kind of what they've done with SmackDown for the last year or so. It, it almost feels like SmackDown is, we're going to get the bloodline over because we know the bloodline will draw, and everything else is second fiddle. Like, what the fuck was that women's match? I don't even know what the fuck you would call it. Like that women's segment, like Oscar, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte are three of the top women in the in the entire industry of pro wrestling. Three of the top women in the world in professional wrestling, and you're giving them like four minutes on TV. That's ridiculous. How am I supposed to take this story seriously? And care about this match that's going to happen at, at at SummerSlam. When you don't even take it seriously enough to give it 15 minutes. Right? And then you have, you have a, a, a random house show match. That's what it was. Let's just be fucking honest. Austin Theory versus Sheamus for the United States title. I've been to house shows. That is literally the definition of a house show match. It's a title match where you know for damn certain the damn title's not switching hands, and it's just a decent match. But even this thing felt like it took too long. This should have been like a five-minute match. And it looks like it's setting up Theory and Pretty Deadly versus the Brawling Brutes. And a three-on-three, or a three-v-three, which means Austin Theory probably again for another month doesn't actually have a pay-per-view premier live event match for the title. 
And so you start with the bloodline. You move to Seamus and Theory. You do the women's shit. You then have Grayson Waller, the Grayson Waller effect come on. Edge comes out, starts pandering to the crowd. This 10, 15-minute segment, which is, again, too long, sets up a match between Edge and, uh, and Grayson Waller, which essentially is your main event. You then have, right... You then have the match. Like 20 minutes later after it's announced. It goes for like 20 minutes. It drags on way too long. Just so Edge can say, hey Grayson, good job is essentially what he said. You impressed me. With the idea being, hey, Cena just gave him a rub. And Edge just gave him a rub. This ought to get Grayson Waller over. When that's not how... It doesn't work that way anymore. Fans are smarter than that now. And so I'm not hating on the bloodline. I love the the story that was told today. Because again, you you end the show the last 10 minutes with the bloodline again. So you give them... Literally, you give in a two-hour show, you give one hour to the bloodline. Which again, I'm not hating. I enjoy the bloodline story... But you got to do better than this, man. This is this is lazy booking by definition. This is we can drag out the bloodline and 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 have them last an hour because we don't have anything else going on on this. This is lazy booking. Everything else is going to play second fiddle because the one thing we know how to book, right? And here's the crazy thing, and this is where the major rant comes in. And this is. This is um this isn't a you know me being cocky or anything. This is a I hate being that I'm I hate that I'm right, but I fucking told you so. And this isn't directed at anyone. This is just hey fans of my show, I told you what was going to happen with LA Knight. For the last couple weeks I've been saying he's not winning money in the bank. He's not winning a title. For the last few weeks, I've been telling you exactly what's going to happen. And the reason I know this is because my favorite wrestler since I've watched wrestling again from 2014 to now has been Dolph Ziggler. I've lived this, but I've seen this before. Not just with Ziggler, but with Rusev. When you get over organically... And, and, and WWE doesn't help you get over. And they can't profit off of it. And they can't claim they made you. They don't push you. They do everything they can. I Let's just use Rusev. Rusev Day got over as fuck in 2017. Um... To the point where they, it was, they, they were holding the first ever WWE Starcade event. Sort of like an anniversary to WCW Starcade. And the beginning of the show, like while you're walking into to the arena, the enti- and as we were leaving the entire arena, the Rusev Day chant just broke out. Right? And this is flare country. We're either wooing, we're doing the New Day shit. But the fact that we were doing 
Rusev Day, and people made Rusev Day shirts organically that weren't sold by WWE, and Rusev got over organically, they squashed the fuck out of him. They did it with Dolph Ziggler. Dude was over a shit in 2012, 2013, 2014, and he gets squashed to all the fuck. I hate being right. I hate that WWE is this way. Report comes out that LA Knight's the fourth best seller of merch in WWE right now. You have Roman, you have Cody, you have Stone Cold, and then you have LA Knight right now. And fifth is the NWO. LA Knight, as we speak, is the fourth best seller of merchandise in the in the company if you kick out Stone Cold because he's tech- technically he's on a legend contract, but he's not an active wrestler. People are just buying, you know, merch of his just to buy it for the nostalgia purpose. But LA Knight, he has what, like three shirts on the store anyway? So he's the fourth best seller of merch. And I think this actually pisses people off in, in the decision room. Because I don't think they ever had a plan of getting LA Knight over. And then he doesn't show up on SmackDown. Your, your second best merch seller in the on the brand. You have Reigns in front of you. And then you have LA Knight. And he doesn't show up on SmackDown. I'm not even the biggest LA Knight fan. I, and it's not that I don't like him. I think he's great. I'm just not going to get my hopes up that anything's going to come out of him because I've seen this before, and I've been telling you guys. He's not getting over. They're not going to push him. He's not getting the push that you think he's going to get. He's there to be the gatekeeper. He'll let you in the door. He'll get you over, but he himself is not going to go anywhere further than that spot. And it's sad because the dude is mad talented. I've liked him since he was Eli Drake in TNA. He He's so good. On the mic, he draws a crowd. He he gets fan interaction. He does everything you ask out of a superstar and you're just going to bury him. And it's to the point that it is frustrating. He should be on the show every fucking week. And he does, I don't think he should be a champion, necessarily, especially in the world picture. But you gave Sheamus a U.S. title spot. Why couldn't L.A. Knight get that match? Why couldn't L.A. Knight come out and face Theory tonight? Or in the match, have him attack Theory. Set up something. But the rumor is he fought Hit Row. On the pre-show before SmackDown took over? You're going to put him on main event? That's some bullshit, man. I don't even think it's main event. It could be superstars, but I thought they stopped doing WWE superstars on the Peacock. But you don't put him on the show? That's some bullshit, man. And it it, it goes, and it, this is just me saying, I told you guys this was going to happen. He, 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 Eli Drake, L.A. Knight's role is, let's just work through his career in WWE. 
He comes in. I'm pretty sure I've done this already. He comes in, and the only feud I remember out of him in NXT is him versus Cameron Grimes. Very good feud. You had Ted DiBiase involved. Very good feud. He loses the feud, though. Cameron Grimes goes over. You then don't really do much of anything else with him. And then... There we go. We'll pull up all of his matches since since he entered WWE. So t- t- May of excuse me, not May, March of 2021 was his debut with a with a win um, on NXT. His debut. I don't even know who the fuck August Gray is. It's some fucking uh, squash match. But his next match, the next show on NXT, he loses. He then goes to a gauntlet battle royal where he wins. But then he loses the the number one contender match the week after at Stand and Deliver. He then goes on a streak of two wins. But then he loses again. No real big feuds at this point, by the way. Then he gets into the big feud with Cameron Grimes. But he loses. Or he beats Grimes the first time. Beats Grimes the second time. He then starts losing... um, He then starts having other matches. What he's losing. Loses to Drake Maverick. Loses to an tag match to Grizzled Young Veterans. Right? And then he loses the title to Cameron Grimes, where Cameron Grimes ultimately goes over. And then he we start 2.0 in September. Loses the Braun Breaker. You have a bunch of other matches here. He beats Odyssey Jones. He beats Grayson Waller. But then he loses a triple threat match to Solo. Then he loses to Odyssey Jones. He was part of Team Black and Gold in NXT, which is Triple H's era, which lost at War Games. He then loses to... A, a lot more matches to Grayson Waller. There's right. He loses to Dolph Ziggler in NXT. Loses to Gunther. Does a bunch of dark matches um for the main roster. Right, and then he loses. You know, um, he has a bunch of that Bray Wyatt feud that that happened. Y- y'all remember that? Yeah, right? It's just he hasn't been booked strong at all. You know what this tells me? They're not pushing him. 
they don't plan on pushing. I've seen this before. And 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 so you go through his his career booking, and eventually patterns come out where you're like, okay, they don't see him as champion, which is crazy because I think he could hold the U.S. title and make it mean something more than Austin Theory has. Um, I just, what are you doing with him? What are you doing with him? Where are we taking him? And the main question, again, I want to leave people with. Join the conversation in the Discord. Where are we going? We're four weeks away from SummerSlam, and I still feel like outside of the bloodline, SmackDown's still a complete, like, what the fuck are we doing? I don't know what we're doing outside of the... We got Jay versus Roman. And we'll probably get Charlotte versus... uh, Oscar versus Bianca. And then on the Raw side, we'll probably get um, Seth and Finn again. And then we'll pro- the rumor is we'll get Rhea versus Raquel. But my question with that is, what the fuck is Raquel going to do with the tag champions if she's going after the world heavyweight women's champion, whatever the fuck it's called? Like, what's the point of having them be tag champions if she's just going to go fight for the women's world title? We're going to get Shayna versus Ronda. Probably Logan Paul and Ricochet. The card's fine. I just... You gave me the shittiest episode of SmackDown ever. You didn't put on your biggest star in LA Knight. I saw so many LA Knight shirts in that arena, and they got him on a dark match. Are you fucking kidding me? And this is like frustration because if I was him, like, I'd be pissed off. But at the same time, it's also like, I told you this was going to happen. I'm not surprised. I just actually didn't think that they would actually go down this road. I figured, you know, they would say, hey, LA Knight's actually moving tickets and moving merchandise. Let's actually use it. And I think it's just fucking petty. It's pettiness. They don't want people to be bigger than the brand. That's what it is. I'm 100% convinced LA Knight, LA Knight at this point, because he doesn't show up on SmackDown, I'm not going to say the dirt's over his face yet, but depending on what happens next week, if nothing happens with LA Knight next week, might as well just fucking bury him. He Wait, he's already buried. At that point, the, the, the grave was buried, he's thrown in it, the dirt's on top, the shovel's been broken. You can't fix this shit. It's annoying because so many superstars have been treated this way. And I feel it's just simple. At, at some point, WWE, you just have to give the fans something that they want. The Bloodline shit works, but it can't be the only thing to carry SmackDown. Especially when what you're going to give us is literally zero substance after that. When half the show is the bloodline, you're relying on the bloodline story too much. Because eventually this shit's going to end. And then what are you going to do? And so, look, the story was great. The acting was great. It was cinema all over again. But it can't take an hour out of your two-hour show. That felt like it was five hours long to watch. 
Um, so yeah, that's the rant. That's all I'm really going to talk about tonight. Uh, not much else. We'll see you guys. Uh, thank you for, uh, um, for listening. If you guys can join the discord, if y'all want to join our conversation, it's fun. We were live streaming tonight watching SmackDown, which made it, it was some fun conversation, but it was a shitty raw to, excuse me, shitty SmackDown. It felt like a raw. Um, it was a shitty sort of episode. It was a good test episode to make sure the, the live stream worked. But we were communicating in the Discord and stuff with. And uh, we'll probably end up doing that every Friday. So you don't you could watch it on YouTube. Um, but a lot of the discussion happens in the Discord. where, um, And so to vote on our bracket that I'm doing. To get a lot of this other content. Uh, Notorious Nerdy D posts his show in there. Um, and so, um, go to his, the casual wrestling, well, it's actually the casual community YouTube page, like, and subscribe. I always make an effort to, if you're not going to like, and subscribe his stuff, there's no reason to join the discord. Like, cause, cause that's what we discuss in there is his content and just the world of wrestling. And it's just us giving ideas and passing around ideas. But if you're not going to listen to the podcast, then there's really no reason to, to join. I'm you're welcome. Absolutely. To join the conversation, but share some love with him. Uh, and, uh, like subscribe, watch his videos, share them, give them, you know, give him good reviews. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, give us a five-star review. That's how it helps us get into the sort of the algorithm of podcast. Um, and, yeah, join the join that Discord is the last thing I really had to say. Let me know what you guys thought about you know, the episode itself, my thoughts on it. What are your thoughts on on this episode of, of SmackDown? I kind of know where the Discord sits on it. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, I don't know. Well, it was a it was a very fun and good live stream that we had. That was the best part of tonight. Of, of SmackDown, um, the episode, I'm going to quite honestly say it might have been one of the worst SmackDowns I've seen in a long time. Um, and it's a shame because it's, it's, I don't feel MSG shows get the same sort of love that they used to get. Um, it just felt like a house show to me. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think. And uh, I'll see you on Wednesday with another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. See y'all then.